Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Losses Above Replacement, the best baseball podcast to grace your ears. I am your host, Alex Clark, today joined by only one host, and he is my fave Brave. It is Splash, as today we are both rocking the Braves hats. I actually just got one for, as a late birthday present because a friend that went to Atlanta. No Mac today. He is currently on a, he's been traveling a little bit, so we wish all the best. He'll be back next week. But for today, it's just a Splash and Alex show. So Splash, how are you doing on this Monday evening? Bro, we are vibing, well, other than Acuna getting injured, but we'll talk about that later. We're yeah. vibing. I just spent a few days in Kansas City working the NFL draft. That was super exciting, and I got to see some friends from high school uh, Sunday night. So I'm having a great day, although my social battery is running on approximately 0% right now. I, I completely understand that. <laughs> um, I've been working a lot lately, and I've been working out also a lot lately. And so my... Uh, I've been sore like all day and I even tried to play tennis during my lunch and my second break and body decided to basically just say no after a little bit, but I, I we're, we're doing fine, but I can understand the social battery being done. I had to call someone while I was driving to not pass out. Cause I was just so tired. Anyway, we're here. We're ready to go. So let's start off by talking about not going to not us, not the best sounding segment, but it's got to be done because it's kind of the biggest news right now. There have been a lot of injuries over the last little bit, and a lot of people have moved to the IL. Yeah, it's tough. We had breaking news today. Aaron Judge was sent to the IL with a uh, hip injury uh, retroactive to uh, Friday night. Uh, your beloved Robbie Ray will miss the rest of the season. He's on the 60-day uh, IL. And Ronald Acuna Looks like he's going to avoid the IL, uh, but he is day to day with a uh, a bruised shoulder. So, Alex, uh, let's start with Robbie Ray, um, your guy, twenty twenty one AL Cy Young Award winner. Talk about it. Yeah, no. When this came out, I was actually a bit, quite a bit shocked because he only made one start for Seattle, and it was pretty bad. That he did not play well in that uh, in that sort of second game of the season against the Cleveland Guardians, and. We were basically told from there, the very start, oh, he's going to need just a couple weeks and he'll be fine. More uh, more work was done and more x-rays came out and it basically was like, hey, his elbow is completely messed right now. He needs surgery and it's going to be out for the season, which really sucks. Like for Seattle, I think Seattle felt the impact of that injury from the word go. And it's not even for, – for the people that say that Robbie Ray isn't good, I understand – I get it. He is not the best. He's definitely not his 2021 Cy Young Award self. But what that does, when you take a starter like that out of the rotation, you have to play next man up. And for Seattle, it was Chris Flexen that had to come into the spot. And, uh, well, again, you know, Flexen's not the worst option. He's, I think, a decent player. He's a much better long reliever than he is a starter. And by taking your best long reliever out of the bullpen – it really hurt the bullpen on top of that, especially with them having to go into what multiple extra inning games after that. So honestly, the injury was felt even before he was moved to the full, to the basic full season IL. Um, and now that he is there, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked because he is again, while he's not his 2021 self, he's still your number two starter behind uh, Luis Castillo, Le Piedra and 
potentially could be even number three, depending on how good you think of Logan Gilbert or George Kirby. But after that right now, the Mariners are going to have to ask themselves a lot of questions because so far right now we have seen the team roll out a number of starters trying to keep the pitching basically juices alive. We've seen starts from Tommy Malone. We have seen Chris Flexen do a good number of starts. And I just lost the name of the kid that uh, just he just pitched for the team a couple days ago. And he had put together a fantastic start. I just lost his name and I feel bad about it now. But uh, and then he also took for went down on the IL too. So see, I really can't catch a break. But there may be one bit of good that does come from it. And that is that today there was an official uh, move done by Seattle that they are bringing up their number two prospect in Bryce Miller. Bryce Miller will be making his MLB debut tomorrow or when you're hearing this podcast today. Again, we record these day before. And I'm excited to see it. You know, we uh, I brought up the idea a moment ago of the next man up mentality. And you know what? Sometimes that's all it takes is just that one injury or one chance for someone else to come up and go to work. Maybe this is Bryce's chance to do just that. They're going to be able to move Flex and back to the bullpen, giving the bullpen a much needed boost, especially considering that the bullpen has not been as advertised for the last little bit, especially with Munoz still hurt too. Yeah, absolutely. And you can, you look at other teams in the division, even that have been dealing with this. You look at the 2021 Astros who didn't have quite the same pitching depth they did in 2020 or 2022. Um, You look at the Rangers who we like applauded them for adding arms to the rotation and you just knock your Martin Perez's down instead of them being your ace, they're your number two or your number three with DeGrom. Well, he's, He's dealing with his own injuries that we're actually not going to talk about on the show. Uh, Evaldi and whatnot. And you just let those guys cook in different roles. And when you have an injury, that kind of saps you of your depth. And baseball is a, a marathon, not a sprint, as we all say. And a lot of times that 25th guy, 26th guy on your roster can be the difference. And if he's going out there every fifth day and giving you a quality start, whether it's actually a quality start or just, you know, shoving for a little bit that's important and that's gonna that's why you see this some of these same teams win a lot some of these same the astros have all these crazy pitchers the rays have gobs and gobs of pitchers the braves you know have crazy position players so it's going to be interesting to see how the mariners can kind of rebound it's you know they were without him for almost a month anyways and now it's that that gut punch of he's done for the season you know, it's not just, oh, well, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. We just need to reevaluate. No, he, he's done for the year, and you're going to need performances from Luis Castillo, and he's been shoving this season. Mm-hmm. You need performances from George Kirby. You need performances uh, from Marco Gonzalez. You need performances from the other young pitcher that I'm blanking Logan on right Gilbert. now. Logan Gilbert, yes. So you just need, you know, you need those guys to take that bigger role. And, yeah, Robbie Ray is not quite the same guy he was two years ago, but he is – a guy that fits the criteria of that ace fits that criteria of a star and fits that criteria of a guy that can save your bullpen, you know, that go six or seven innings and say, Hey, uh, long relievers, you're good for the day. Middle relievers, you're good for the day. Uh, closer. We might need you. Maybe not. Maybe I'll throw a complete game today. And here's the other thing when it comes to Ray, like a lot of people like talking bad about Robbie. 
and they have for a while. And because you know he's we it we can't say that he's been at the 2021 level. Even going back to last year, he was not at 2021 level. He was you know quite a bit below that. But that's still a really even below 2021 level is still a really good pitcher, and it's still one that you are relying on every fifth day to go out and go give yourself a chance to win that ball game. And there's one other big thing. And again, I did not preface with you with this, uh, with you uh, before the show here. I have a theory. I don't think I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much on the show today because I think that it could go into a huge can of worms. But the one thing that this does mean is that Seattle at the moment right now is down a big name pitcher. And does that mean that Seattle is going to be more active in the trade market? For pitcher? I mean, we all know Jerry DePoto loves to be loves to be making trades. The reason why we call him Trader Jerry. But you know, there's there's some names out there that could be very well moved at the deadline, especially one that is in division, shall I say, that may be coming that has some ties to Seattle anyway. Well, We'll think about that. We'll talk about that potentially at another time. Wow. Alex yeah. out here with the cliffhangers. I like it. I, hey, we'll talk about that at another time. Okay. I, to be fair, I had this crazy idea driving uh, home the other day, and it has not left my head. It has been living in my head right free for a while. There you go. So, I was going to say maybe you could dip into the Cincinnati well again, but uh, I don't <laughs> know if they would part with Ashcroft, Lodolo, no. or Hunter Green. <laughs> No, probably not. not, especially considering they have. I, w- I think Noel V was your number one prospect. Uh, no, I think we still have. I want to say Hancock is. Ah, okay, okay. Well, uh, he, I, he was I, a I, he's a well regarded prospect. So you already they already have like your star dude, anyways, or well, one of yeah, your star dudes, star anyways. Dude. Yeah, besides Julio, we but, have some really good prospects still. <laughs> oh, <laughs> imag- I don't even want to imagine what the price would have been. How much? you would have gotten in return for Julio. Like you would have had to get like a, like Garrett Cole or something. I'm going to be real with you. If, if you're talking about Cincinnati, uh-huh. just, in, just Cincinnati, if you, if we, yeah, if, think... if we wanted to trade uh, Julio, we would have needed to have at least 75% stake in the team. Yeah. Uh, right? I, Cincinnati would have been, that would have been a little too rich, um, but maybe like a, they would have actually become the triple a team for seattle (laughs) like if it was like say milwaukee then it's probably like adamas and no (laughs) adamas and burns and woodruff or something like loony oh my goodness okay we're not going to talk about okay we're not talking about horrible trade ideas let's move on to our (laughs) next we'll save that for uh we'll save that for our patreon account that we're never going to make yeah we'll save it for uh patreon.com forward slash lar where uh you'll get exclusive behind the scenes content also known as mac yelling at both of us wearing braves hats yeah um (laughs) and confirm uh he definitely just messaged us to tell us to be quiet anyways moving to a uh shorter term injury one that hit the news waves today march 1st Mm. aaron judge is heading to the injured list the 10 day IL with a hip injury. He had this awkward slide into third while they were in Texas. He was removed from that game as a precaution and it was a weird play. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it's like one of those that he like an 85 foot slide, essentially Mm, is it like your normal slide? So really awkward there. And, you know, just watching the Yankees today, no energy. And 
I'm not saying that's out of the norm for the Yankees. Fair enough. <laughs> but just missing Judge is like this is the, the reason why so many people voted for him for MVP last year, that you miss Judge and your lineup becomes goes from one of the better ones in baseball because you have perhaps the best hitter in baseball in your lineup. And now it's like, what are we doing here? Like you, mm-hmm. you look down this Yankees lineup and there's like three good players and that's offset when you have the reigning MVP, this Aaron judge dude that had 62 home runs and a 200 OPS plus and yada, yada, this now he's not there. And the Yankees are in last place before he was announced to the injured list. Mm-hmm. Might I add? Yeah. They're in last place. The Red Sox have this, this plucky attitude at, uh, Alex Verdugo has three hit or three walk-off hits already this season. The Blue Jays are loaded with talent. The Rays are on a historic pace. Even the Orioles have been cooking. So Alex, AA Ron Judge is heading to the IL. Are the Yankees cooked? Honestly, right now, the first thought when I saw this was kicking while you're down. Because <laughs> right now the Yankees have been down for a bit and Aaron Judge really kind of was the only true bright spot alongside Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole only plays one every five days. Uh, Aaron Judge was a guy that was in your lineup probably closer to 150. Um, Excuse me. But yeah, with, with Judge going out, this really just feels like another punch in the gut for the team. They've lost a lot of they've lost a lot of real talent on this team. Where I'm not even talking about they've lost players. Like a lot of the good players that we thought going into this year, like Michael King was one that I thought was going to be a, a strong player for them, and even Michael King is starting to fall down a bit. Like this team right now has a lot of work to do if it wants to compete in this AL East. That like again, just talking about what you talked about what they did what the rest of the division's been doing. The Rays are on their pace. The Orioles are playing pretty darn well as well. And, I mean, everyone else is doing well. We, no, I don't think any of us thought that the Yankees were going to be a last-place team, especially when we get to another team that we'll talk about a little more a little bit later on, and the Pirates being the first NL team to reach 20 wins. So, no, like, for the Yankees, this is a little bit closer to the – you just got to try and coast until he gets back. But they've had trouble coasting even with him. So it's still early. We're only one month into the season. This, again, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but this definitely hurts. Yeah, and I will say the Yankees are missing other players besides Judge. Harrison Bader, who plays a great center field and lets Judge get off his feet a little bit playing right. Uh, you're missing Giancarlo Stanton as well. So that's, you, you know, two your big one of your big boppers and then perhaps the best defensive center fielder in baseball and now judge with judge he's forced into more of this run scoring role because you don't have stand to drive judge in you know so judge has to adjust his plate at the approach and then he's going to play center field more or you're playing Isaiah Kiner-Falefa in center field. And with all due respect to Isaiah Kiner-Falefa he's not Harrison Bader there are a few that are Harrison Bader namely Harrison Bader himself um and then even the rotation has been injured. Your trade deadline acquisitions last year seemingly all on the injured list. And your big money move this offseason, besides re-signing Judge, was getting Carlos Rodon. And he hasn't pitched yet for you. So the Yankees are kind of stuck here that they they can't go out and just add dudes, right? They can't go out and add a center fielder or add a right fielder that of that 
quality because Judge is going to come back and Bader's going to come back and Stan's going to come back and you can't go out. Oh, let's add a bunch of starters. Well, you one, you tried that last year and that was not very good, Mr. Frankie Montas. And you're trading good starters like Jordan Montgomery, apparently. So the Yankees are kind of stuck and they just need need their guys to come back. Yeah, they do. And it's going to be really interesting to see what the Yankees are able to do without Judge. But right now, they've got a lot of problems to address going forward. Let's move on now to our next one. We both, again, we made the joke already that both of us are wearing Braves hats. Uh, mostly just because Mac isn't here. But uh, it is time to talk about a Braves, sadly, that is now day-to-day. After taking a after day, taking a pitch and getting hit pretty good, Acuna's day-to-day flash. You are a resident brave. What does this mean? Do as I are people should people be worried? What's going on? So uh, first off, props to the Mets. Uh, one way to beat the Braves and not have to deal with Acuna is just drilling him ninety three miles per hour on the shoulder. Uh, I actually don't think it was intentional. It's just a, a slip. Um, Look, if you're going to get mad at Acuna for pimping a 464-foot home run or whatever, how long it was, it was like third deck at uh, uh, City Field. First off, don't allow the 450-foot home Thank run. Thank you. Yeah, 100%. Just straight off. Second, uh, hit him in the same game. Um, and third, uh, get over yourself. Yeah. He does it to everyone. It's not a Mets only thing. He does it to every other team. You just happen to allow a 450-foot home run to him. So – um, don't hurt other players that to me kind of damages the integrity of the game here. I know it's like an unwritten rule that if you, you know, showboat on a home run, you're going to get drilled. Uh, why are you, why are you giving a free base runner? Uh, when Matt Olson, who just hit a three run home run to crucify your franchise Friday night, uh, Austin Riley, who did suck today. And then Sean Murphy, who hit two, three run home runs in game one, uh, they're, they might drive that run in, so it kind of matters. Uh, but regardless, Acuna's day-to-day, it's a, a bruised shoulder, a shoulder contusion. And I'm not concerned because I think it's just like pain and swelling for right now. So I don't think he plays tomorrow. Um, he might not play. He might miss the – actually, could miss the entire Miami series. Um if they had like an off day and we were talking about a Sunday injury, maybe he plays on Tuesday. Um, but I think he's going to be out for a few days, which is a bummer because, you know, I love watching Ronald play. And that means, you know, you're sliding in Kevin Pillar or Sam Hilliard into right field. And the Braves have already had outfield injuries and outfield incompetence, cough, cough, Marcelo Zuna. So you're seeing Eli White play. You're seeing all these, all these dudes you know, swap around outfield spots without Michael Harris. Michael Harris had a half day today. He played the first game and rested the first six or seven innings of game two. So I'm not concerned as much as I am annoyed that Ronald Acuna won't be in the lineup today or tomorrow. Yeah. And I feel like this is just one where people really do get over themselves on it. On top, I, I 100% agree with you. I am, I think that unwritten rules are ones that are unwritten because they don't exist. And that's the thing right now, especially if in today's age in baseball, age of baseball, where it's very much kind of just the norm now to pimp a home run or to celebrate on a home run. You don't want to like you don't want to give up a home run, then don't give up the home run, or you don't want to see them pimp a home run, then don't give them a meatball right down the middle of the plate for them to demolish all the way over to Kentucky. 
-hmm. Like, that's... Yeah, that's where my kind of stance on it is. And if anyone agrees with me, I kindly uh, invite you to take your opinion and then throw it in the garbage can where it belongs. So, overall, though, when it comes to the Braves, I don't think you guys much to worry about. He's going to be back in a couple days anyway. And you guys got enough offensive force with that team to still win plenty of ball games. I mean, you've got guys like Olsen. you got guys like Murphy. You've got, again, still... Uh, some uh, outfielder, Hair Harry M- Michelle Harris, uh, something like that. Michael Harris. So, uh, fair but, enough. Yeah, I think you, you're also sleeping on uh, Cyborg Eddie Rosario, three run double today. Uh, I am very much of sleeping on him. You are correct. Uh, <laughs> anyway, oof, that's yeah. okay. That's a low blow. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> Wow. Maybe maybe I'm still a little bit salty about what happened what happened uh, last week with the uh, a couple weeks ago with the Braves and the Padres. Maybe I'm just okay. A let's bit salty. let's not talk about that. Let's talk about your division. Uh, mm-hmm. One young player who was off to a hot start this season, Logan Ohapi. He will miss almost the entire season. The Angels' backstop was the leader in the clubhouse for American look uh, American League Rookie of the Year uh, when he went down in the last week or so. So Alex, I know you know the Angels aren't your favorite team, but you got to feel bad for Ohapi. Oh, a hundred percent. Like again, I don't hate the Angels. I mean, I don't. Honestly, to be fair, the only team I hate is the Astros. Yeah, that that's. I bit, oh, sorry, I also bit the Yankees too. Yes. But uh, with it, overall, <laughs> I, I don't hate the Yankees. I I I work for a, a Twitter account that covers the Yankees. I do not hate the Yankees. I rooted for the Yankees today to beat Cleveland. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry to hear about your firing from uh, losses by replacement. Uh, we'll definitely send you your severance package later. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> definitely. Uh, but no, like with Ohapi, like it's you never like seeing a young guy that is off to a torn start be out for a long time, especially considering considering how hard it is to hit mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball. Considering how hard it is to do exactly what he was doing in Major League Baseball. This is a player that the Angels really did need. You wanted that young spark to go alongside Trout and Otani. And Ohapi was looking like he was going to be that guy, and it's just not been playing out quite well for it yet. Because he's had an amazing start of the season, but the fact that he's going to be out for as long as he is, is, again, it's honestly kind of tragic. I want I want to watch him play because he's good, he's a good young player and good young catchers on top of it are hard as heck to get. So, um, with that overall, what are your opinions on this? What do you think about with what are the as what are the, what are the Angels going to do now when it comes to Ohapi? And do you think he can come back just as strong? Yeah, it, it's tough with young players getting injured. It's tough with catchers getting injured. Because there's so much of the, you've you've talked about this before that catching isn't just how many home runs you hit or how many base runners you throw out. Catching is like integral to the game of baseball, right? And missing time, you know, every every week that he's out, right? That's a start that he misses from Otani, from Sandoval, from Tyler Anderson, from their bullpen guys. You know, that's. He, he's missing reps, and we've talked at length about Francisco Alvarez and the Mets, or at least I have in my uh, Twitter space world, you know, that reps are important, and this is going to be 
three, four, five months that Ohapi is not getting reps. And when he returns, he might be getting reps, but it could be for a team that's not in a playoff spot, potentially. That's way out in the future. But that's, it's just, it just sucks. And you'd rather have him in AAA and let's say, I'm going to hypothetical, instead of injuries, the player just can't play in the majors. They get a gambling suspension, whatever. They have to play in AAA. The, the Angels would happily take that in, in yeah, place of the 100%. injury so he could catch 125 more games or 100 more games, you know, and work with the next young Angels pitchers, right? So it just – it's a bummer, man. And I think to tack on with other rookies, this is what the Brewers are going through with Garrett Mitchell. And Mitchell was off to a hot start. He was a guy that was leading the pack in National League Rookie of the Year voting – and he's going to miss a lot of the season. This is what the Pirates are dealing with with O'Neill Cruz, and he's going to miss most of the season. And it's just a bummer. And all three of them play premium defensive positions. There, there's young studs that are such spark plugs to their organizations, to their franchises. Those are guys that, you know, in three or four years, you're going to be seeing, if you go to an Angels game, a Pirates game, or a Brewers game, you're going to be seeing a ton of these jerseys. And that's just, you know, 125 games of, a young player that you're going to miss. And that, it is, that sucks for baseball. It does. The other thing I want to kind of bring up here is that you brought up a little bit ago, how I usually talk about um, that catching is a lot more than just hitting home runs and throwing out guys. The number one thing that it really comes down to me though, is kind of something that Cal Raleigh did and really kind of championed a little bit in a rookie kind of year was the idea of being able to work a pitcher. And being able to know exactly what a pitcher needs to hear when you go out for a meeting or being able to call exactly the pitches that that pitcher needs to throw. And you're, you are going to get that experience when you're hurt. Again, if you get the gambling suspension, you're down to play in AAA for a little bit, then you can work on that. You can work on your cadence, work, talking with pitches. You can work at doing all these, but when you're on the sidelines and you're not able to do anything, it definitely hurts, especially for a young catcher. Yeah, and again, it's going to hurt with Cruz, young shortstop, and he's a guy. And um, Fernando Tatis is a little bit different because he also he had an actual suspension. But it just sucks when young players miss time. It it sucks when anyone misses time. But these yeah. young guys that, um, slight tangent, but one thing that makes Andrew McCutcheon's return to Pittsburgh so special is all the kids that grew up watching Kutch, right? Mm-hmm. All those kids are have kids now right, or that next generation of Pirates fans, O'Neill Cruz, Key Brian Hayes, they are supposed to be the guy, right? They're supposed to be the Kutch stand-in, this generation's Kutch, right? And when you're going to miss 125 games or so out of your, you know, second full season, third full season, that's just a bummer. And that the Angels are going through it, the Brewers are going to go through it, and it, it it's horrible for these franchises to go through that and have such exciting players miss time. Yeah, it's definitely a hard thing to see as well, because especially with young players, you want to see them just get the reps, get the reps. Mm-hmm. And also the young players are what are bringing in a lot of draws for a lot of teams. <laughs> anyway, moving on to our last one here, and it's kind of a reversal, actually. It's not a player that is going onto the IL. It is a player coming off of the IL, and that is one Bryce Harper. For uh, you, Splash, you put him going into this year as your number one designated hitter, and he is back officially. He had Tommy John, what, only 180 days ago? Something like that? Hundred, I think it was 159 today. 
159 today. I thought I heard it was like 180. But anyway, regardless, 159, regardless, a ludicrously short amount of time when it comes to Tommy John. And he, right now, it's pretty guaranteed he's not playing in the field anywhere. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be DHing. And that is a huge bat to add back to the team, to add back here to this Phillies roster. Like, I know you got your problems with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. I know you do. But you got to feel good for Harper to come back. Yeah, right. I mean, I picked him as my number one DH for a reason. He's one of the top 10 players in baseball, even when he doesn't have a working elbow and can't throw the baseball. This is like Jordan. Well, I mean, he'll be fair. Jordan has a rocket launcher of an arm, and he's been playing a lot of left field this year. But anyways, this is like the David Ortiz thing. that It, it doesn't matter if he plays a position because he's going to hit. And, you know, hitting matters. Talk to the Yankees today. They only scored two runs. And – you are returning one of the lightning rods of baseball, one of the mm-hmm. most polarizing players of the last decade plus, and a guy that you either love or you love to hate. And that's what Harper brings, that duality of man. He, mm-hmm. you know, he, he rakes. 2021 NL MVP, 2022 NLCS MVP. He carried in large chunks the Phillies to the pennant last year. And he's a superstar and he's a guy that was once so overrated. He became underrated. Now he's criminally underrated. People are saying, Oh, Otani's a better hitter. No, he's not. Otani is not a better hitter than Bryce Harper yeah. <laughs> at Alex at Mac get cooked. But um... <laughs> I, will, I will say uh, first on the Harper note, he's back in 160 days or whatever. That is preposterous. Yeah. And that is, that's a guy on a 13-year deal, 300 plus million dollars. He's not saying, "Oh, well, I need to be 100% sure." He needs to be 0.1% sure and he will be back on the field trying to fight for a World Series because unlike his beloved Washington Nationals, he has not won one yet. So, he's going to do all he can and if that means playing DH every day and that means, you know, I, listen, I'm not going to be pretend to be a doctor I don't know if he's going to be able to play first base this year or going to be able to play the outfield this year. I don't know what like uh, how Tommy John surgery affects hitters versus how it affects pitchers. I, I don't know if swinging a bat is a fundamentally different action from throwing a baseball. So having a uh, partially damaged UCL doesn't matter that much. And it was just a pain tolerance thing. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. Mm-hmm. But I will say huge props to Bryce Harper for not – you know, sitting on his cushy deal and saying, oh, well, when I'm healthy or I'll miss the full season, I'll be back full strength for 2024. It is May 2nd. It will be May 2nd. He is back. And that is crazy. A little scary because it's only been five months since his surgery, but props to him and the Phillies. They, that's a huge bat returning. Definitely. And I want to bring up, you brought you touched on it lately, that this is a guy that wanted to get back so badly. He was taking reps at first base, like trying to learn how to be a first baseman just to get on the field faster. And we all kind of agreed, Bryce, please don't do that. We want you to be healthy. We don't want you to die. <laughs> and um, but that's something I love about it. Like I will fully, you know, take the raise my hand in the air and you know eat my crow that I said that he was overrated a good number of years ago. And now I will fully go out and say that I really like Bryce Harper. I think that Harper is a great bat, is a good leader on the team as well, and is a spark plug for a Phillies lineup. I mean, he was basically the lightning bolt 
that helped catch everyone else on fire to for that run to the World Series. Like as well, yes, they had a bunch of other players that did amazing work, but Harper was at the center of that. That's how good this guy is. And I think it's going to be amazing to see for the Phillies for them to get him back, even as a DH only. Like, just having that bat back is going to be great for that team, which is still competing in a very, very difficult NL East. Like, are you? I will. I will make one. I do want to make one quick note, though. I actually have our Power Pros graphic made by You Splash. Uh, that's again great work on it. But I think it would have been hilarious if you would have put the red X over the arm strength. Oh, just <laughs> I, I, I would have busted that laughing. You would have had so many questions to answer. What did I get? Did I give her an F or a G? No, you gave it a B. You gave his arm strength a B on the graphic. Okay, okay, that that makes sense because when he did throw, it was pretty good. But okay, yeah, fair 100%. enough. Okay, but right now I said I, I think I would have been laughing if you just put the red X over it. Yes. Okay. Do you have any qualms with him not playing in the minors, not going through spring training? Um, I mean, I do, but at the same time, I also think that the Phillies need that boost. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you are a hitter at the level of a Bryce Harper, like, I mean, we saw what happened when Tatis went to the minor leagues. It was like after his uh, uh, suspension. Uh-huh. And I mean, legitimately the guy, I think hit like eight, 900. Like he had, I, he had a three homer game with, was it the sugar chihuahuas? Yeah. The, no, the um, sugar land Skeeters. I think, no, no, it's something chihuahuas. You're right. But um, no, yeah, he just hit. hit. I remember he had multiple like perfect hit days mm-hmm. in the minors. And I would, I mean, Oz, I know this is probably gonna be a hot take. I would say the Harper is a better hitter than Tatis. Like, I think they're on the same kind of level, mm-hmm. but I would say that Harper is slight. I would take Harper just in a batting competition. Right. I would take Harper. Um, But no, I think that overall when it comes for him, do I have some problems with it? Maybe a little, but I also think that he's probably been putting in the work to actually go and play. And that's a true, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I know someone brought that up on Twitter. I think he just had a delayed spring training. So he's been getting at bats. It's not like he's, and he's been rehabbing. So it's not like he's been doing no baseball activity. Yeah. So I, I think it'll end up being fine. It might be a bit of a Willis Reed situation. The first couple of weeks that he's going to hit like 125 or something, but the rest uh-huh. of the team gets the Bryce Harper is in our lineup boys. And then, you know, June 1st rolls around and he's the best hitter in baseball again. So definitely there's that. So. All right. But those are all of our injury talks right now. That took off over half the show just doing rip. that, but that's, hey, I mean, hopefully not rip, but anyway, I think I, we've got a lot of stuff covered there. It's time to move on to three words only. We've got three stories in sports that we have to cover with three words only. At least sometimes that we can talk about a little bit afterwards. The very first one, the pirates are playing really good baseball. Why are the Pirates playing very good baseball? They were the first team in the National League to 20 wins on the season. Splash, what are your three words for the Pirates? All right, my three words are out of character. And this is a this is very specific. They brought up a player by the name of Drew Maggi, who had been a longtime minor leaguer. 
And here's the context. It's the end of April. The Pirates are leading the division. They're one of the best teams in the National League. This is not a publicity stunt. This is not a feel-good story for a team that is 60 and 100. This is a team that is winning baseball games, and then they go out and say, hey, you know, this guy's played 1,100 minor league games. We're going to say we're going to we're gonna play him. He's going to play. And, and that's a big moment for him, a big moment for his family, and props to him, props to, you know, his family, his friends, his everyone that supported him. And that's a great moment for him, his family, the team, baseball in general. And then you factor in, it's for a good team. It's not just a publicity stunt in the middle of August when the season's lost. And I think that's my big takeaway, that the Pirates are fun, the Pirates are having fun, and the Pirates are providing fun to other people. And I think that's what baseball is all about. Oh, no, I 100% agree. Um, I think my uh, three words are um, star will fall. And that is that I don't think that what we're seeing here is real. As much as I want to desperately, because I actually like the pirates, I surprisingly I like the I love the the Magia story. I love O'Neill Cruz. I love all the players they've got going on here. I love Key Brian Hayes too. Not as much as you do, Splash, as the patron saint of the Key Brian Hayes fan club. But um, I want them to do well, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I really don't. As much as I want them to keep competing, they are in an optimal division to do so. But looking at the players, they've had a lot of unsung heroes that have been coming through in big scenarios. After a while, that starts to fall. And it, the, the level of talent that you have is really going to start to shine through, and I just don't think they have that. So as much as I want the Pirates to do well, I don't think it's sustainable. Fair enough. I was going to say on my crap list, uh, crap list being one word, uh, because I started Johan Aviedo uh sunday against the nationals thinking oh he's gonna get a bunch of points he's gonna get a quality start he threw up a negative 17 for me or so and i lost my matchup by like 20 points so if he had been barely positive i would have won so on my crap list was my second answer but alex there were two games played in mexico city this weekend Mm -hmm. i enjoyed them a lot of fans did not what are your three words for the mexico city games so to bring a little bit to the MLB, the show realm here, my three words are moonshot event. Moonshot event in MLB, the show is a series that a, every event gameplay is only three innings long. So not long, obviously, but they're played with max elevation stadium of, of course field. And every pitcher is a common as in below 60 overall four sixty-five overall. And you're allowed to use whatever hitters you want. That's kind of what I saw from this series. I mean, for the fact that the very first game between two teams, one baseball game produced 27 runs. 27 runs. The San Diego Padres beat the San Francisco Giants. Final score is 16 to 11. Both teams scored double-digit points. And then in the next game, even, it wasn't as big of a power showing, but still double-digit runs were scored as the Padres then beat the Giants a final score of 6-4. to four. Like, it was home run city for these two. It wasn't Mexico City. It was home run city at this point. But I also make sure I got to give some love to my boy Mitch Hanniger hitting a 460-foot bomb, his first 
of the se- <laughs> first of the season. I don't know if that caught on the mic, but my family just heard me say Mitch Hanniger, and my mom just yelled, Mitch! <laughs> so, no. Uh, love you, Mitch Hanniger. By the way, we'll be seeing you in July. Uh, big dubs there. Uh, my three words are backyard baseball, howdy. This felt to me that there were like power-ups right that you get in these baseball video games you can do it in um mario baseball you can do it in backyard baseball that trampoline ball was a thing because the turf they used was bouncy there was a ball hit to center field i forget who the hitter was but it like just cleared like a 12 foot wall it just like (laughs) perfect sound effect because it just rubber band ball yeah it it just I've never seen a ball do that. If you put that in any major league field, it's off the middle of the wall. Like it jump, it hits like, you know, four feet up the wall. This one just whoop right over the wall. Um, also, there were a couple pop flies. I was listening to the Giants broadcast uh, Sunday afternoon, and uh, the broadcaster was like, I'm just going to retire pop fly for the day because every pop fly <laughs> would go like 350 feet yeah. and it would be at the least a warning track shot. And it's, just preposterous it's higher than cores um the so the ball travels further and you don't have any sort of the like cores is like a cooler climate right so you get think like atlanta in the summer and cores elevation that's like peak run environment together and that was fun baseball. I think pitchers wouldn't enjoy it. I think batters would probably get annoyed like watching the other team score 10, 15 runs. But I think that was good for baseball. I, do you, We need a team in Mexico City? Maybe not because that might be a little overpowered from a run perspective. But I thought it was great for baseball. And a uh, shout-out to Xander Bogarts, who has hit an MLB home run in four different countries now. Yep, that's awesome. Congrats to Bogarts. That's awesome. All right, our last uh... – our last three words right now. We're now on uh, May 1st or May 2nd for when this podcast is going up, which means the month of April and the first month of the season is officially over. So, Splash, what are your three words to describe the month of April in Major League Baseball? So I had some thoughts here, but uh, my three words are let me cook. There is one of us that decided to put a certain Ronald Acuna as the number two right fielder in baseball. That is me. Let me cook. Who has been the best player in all of Major League Baseball this season? Probably Ronald Acuna. If it's not Ronald Acuna, he's on your short list. I think he's the clear NL MVP right now. I know the injury is going to sap him of a couple counting stat days. Also, shout out to Luis Arise. He's sitting like 430 still, but... Acuna, what he does as just a spark plug, as I mentioned with the rookies earlier, just what he does for the team, he's back to 2021 for him. And in 2021, he was the NL MVP until the moment he got hurt. And it's good for baseball. He's back. He is a superstar. The people that were, he was overrated. Nope, you're wrong. Incorrect. Invalid. He's among the league leaders in F4. B war, whatever war you want to use, the eye test proves it. And watch any Braves game; it's different when Ronald's in the lineup. No, yeah, I completely feel you're getting that there. Um, my three words uh, for this one are: Is this real? 
because what I had for this one, there are a few storylines we've already kind of touched on here. The Pirates were the first NL team to win 20 games. The Rays won, what was it, 14 consecutive? Something like that. Jared Kelnick is one of the best hitters in all of baseball right now. And the Yankees are in last place. You put even two or three of those in one season, and I'm still questioning sanity. And yet all of those have happened just within this one month. That is incredible. I mean, if I wanted to brag like my if I wanted to brag like you did a little bit, I would say let me cook, considering that I had Kelly guy's most improved player, and right now he is in the MVP conversation. And I also had Cody Bellinger, I believe, for most improved player. He's been playing very well as well. Yeah, let let Alex cook. That's a good answer. <laughs> let Alex cook. The problem is if I cook, I'm just cooking pasta. Anyway, um, but regardless, though, this April has been an insane month. I am really curious to see what May will bring now for the MLB because I mean again it's a marathon not a sprint so it feels so weird to be like oh let's see what this amazing first month will any of it continue the answer is probably not all of it maybe one or two of those storylines will we'll see May is usually when we start to see a lot of things start to really kind of take a little bit more shape the first month there's always crazy things but I want to see what's going to happen now in yeah, one thing I think continues is the A's being absolutely horrendous. Oh, yeah, no, that is going to continue until they move to Las Vegas. <laughs> Rest in peace to the Oakland Triple A's. <sighs> I will not. Anyway, um, we're going to move on now to our trivia segment. And, just, and, you know, it's a little bit weird. There's just two of us here. So how do you do trivia when there's just two of us? We didn't want to do a full Jeopardy segment because that would take over an hour. We decided to have a little bit of fun with this, and we are going to have dueling John Boy grids. For those of you that do not know, John Boy Media, we are big fans of them. They have put out excellent content. But one of the things they've done a lot of is making these grids that you have to try to fill out where one uh, the top row of the grid will be one thing, and then the, the x-axis will be one thing, the y-axis will be another thing, and then you have to try to figure, fill out the grid at each of the different cross-sections of it and they've done it a ton of times on john boy and we've done it even once here on losses by replacement so we thought that it'd be fun with just two of us here each of us have made a grid for the other person and we're just going to put i don't know if do we want to do a timer we didn't we didn't discuss this beforehand do we want to use a timer uh yeah let's do a timer so there's some competitive aspect to it that's fine do i do it but i think a five minute timer might might work or because that's what they do normally yeah uh, do you want it to be like stopwatch or like a timer uh oh let's do a time let's do a time timer then yeah so that okay. we can just see who uh finishes this fastest okay um we have not shared our boards with another so we'll be revealing those live yes. um i have mine written down here that i will say to you do you have like a piece of paper or like a note that you can take down the uh board? yes i have i'm going to i'll copy mine over and replace the things i had in the x and y axis okay All sounds right. oh good let me know when you're ready for that out uh, or less do you want to go first do you want to go second uh up to you i okay. don't have a preference i'll have you go first then because i okay. feel like mine's easier than what yours is going to be Okay. Like, even I okay. feel like I was able to um, clear my own board pretty easily. Okay, fair enough. Um, for the, okay, uh, for those of you as well. My, it, uh, I'll pull up the stopwatch on my phone real quick. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know as well, 
uh, a couple little rules with this. Uh, for us, we personally did it to where one of the axes was teams and one of the axes was categories or different things as well that you can use. Uh, you can do it however you want to. Um, the other thing that we were saying with this is that we're using all-time players. It's not like a one-time. They have to be current um, unless otherwise specified. I'll say with mine, one of my rows is specifically only asking for current. All right. Uh, but that will be uh, evident when I get to it. All right. Are you ready, Splash? Yes, sir. Cool. Right. So are you giving me the categories first? Or do you I will to... give you the teams first. The teams are on the top uh, the top uh, horizontal axis. Okay. Um, you have the Detroit Tigers. Tigers. You have the Los Angeles Dodgers. LA Dodgers. And the Seattle Mariners. All right, Seattle Mariners. And uh, I think what we can do is as soon as you say the first Y-axis one, I'll start the timer. Okay, sounds good to me. All right. All right, I'm getting a baseball reference up just to make sure. Okay. On certain things. There we go. Perfect. Okay. All right. Let me know when you're ready to go. I'm good to go. Sounds good. The first one. Oh, that's one other thing. I will say this as well. You're not allowed to repeat names. Yes. So if you get to another one uh, and you would rather use the name you had earlier, you could do that. You just need to go and replace the other one. Yes. Okay. All Sounds right. Good. Are you ready to go? Yep. All right. Three, two, one. First base. All right. Uh, first base. We will go with uh, Prince Fielder Tigers. Uh, we'll go James Loney Dodgers and we will go with uh, Richie Sexton, uh, Seattle Mariners. Sounds good. Next up is head coach, uh, manager. You mean, yeah, manager. I put head coach as well because sometimes it can be other. Yeah. Okay, fair head enough. Coach, skipper. Okay, uh, ooh, this is a, a tough one. Uh, Detroit Tigers, we're gonna go with Jim Leland. Uh, for Los Angeles Dodgers, we will go with uh, Dave Roberts. And with the Seattle Mariners, we will go with Scott Service. All right. right next. next next line is a current career active 10 plus war. Baseball reference war. Ooh, boy. Okay. Uh, with so that team or in general? On that team right now. Okay. Uh, 10 war with that team? No, just 10 war that, are, that they are currently active. Okay. Active. Tigers, Miguel Cabrera, Dodgers, Mookie Betts, and Seattle – uh, we're going to go with Luis Castillo. Yep. All right. You got it. All right. 65 uh, seconds. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you this right now, because when I was filling out my board, uh, the fill out this board earlier, the, I had the exact same board as you, except for two changes. The only I'm two not different surprised ones, here. The two changes I had were the Tigers first base. I put V-Mart. Okay. Um, and for uh, 10 more waiting for the Dodgers, I put Clayton Kershaw. Okay, that is a very valid answer. Yeah. Oh, that no, everything else was exactly the same. I didn't know. To be fair, I was also thinking of another couple other names for uh, Tigers head coach, but I ended up going with Jim Leland. As AJ well. Hinch, uh, Sparky Anderson. I yeah. yeah, Leland was just the first one that came to mind. Yeah, Leland. I had to remember because I knew it was Jim. I could not remember what his last name was for a while. Mm -hmm. That I Marlins legend. All right, so I'll let you keep the time for me as well if you'd like. All right, Just sounds like a plan. Life easier. Cool. So, All do right. you have any other special rules I need to know about? Uh, nope. Uh, which one? Which axis do you want first? Y or X? Uh, give me the uh, the horizontal axis. So, okay. the the teams. Okay, I'll give you the teams. We have the Braves, the Red Sox, and the. Die Yankees. 
Three classic teams, three teams that have been around the block a little bit. So Braves, Red Sox, and Da Yankees. Yes. God, I thought you were gonna say Dodgers. <laughs> no, so. that th- thankfully no overlaps. I was about to say, okay, and to be fair, uh, I normally would not have picked Mariners, but I use a random team generator uh-huh. to pick my teams, and the first three were t- were Tigers, Dodgers, Mariners. Yeah, I was I was going to do uh, Braves, Mets, Mariners, but I decided against that because that's what we're gonna do for a different topic. Yeah, we have so, that for a later thing. A little bit Alex, all right, are you prepared? All right, let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. 500 home run club. Oh, okay. For the Braves, uh, Hank Aaron. Correct. And then for the Red Sox, uh, or Big Poppy. Correct. And then for the Yankees, uh, Babe Ruth. Correct. 3,000 okay. hit club. Oh, okay. Um, For the Braves... I actually don't. I don't know very many people in three thousand head club. Be real. Uh, let's go to the other category real quick. Okay, three thousand strikeouts. Well, as as a pitcher, got it. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely not as a <laughs> as a hitter. Uh, three thousand strikeouts as a. Hmm. Let's see, this is worse. I'll be much better when it comes to current players. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see here. For the Yankees, sorry, the Yankees. I guess. Um. Is Ron Guidry on that list? Uh, no. Hmm, okay. For the Yankees, 3,000 strikeouts. Wow, I have completely sunk on this one already. <laughs> uh, okay. 3,000 hit club for Yankees. Um, I don't think Mickey Mouse on the 3,000 hit club. He is not? Okay. I'm trying to think of other... Uh, other Yankees that had a ton of hits. Is this, these are players that have ever played for the Yankees? Yes. So, oh. uh, like, let uh, Troy Tulowitzki would count as a Yankee. Okay. So, but Trulo, I don't think had three things. No, not even yeah. close. Yeah, I was about to say, like, man. <laughs> um, and I guess we're only counting MLB, right? Yes. Yeah. So, like, Ichiro would not work for Yankees. So, I'm pretty he sure he would, had less than 3,000. He would definitely count for Yankees. He had, he had over 3,000 in the MLB? Yeah, 3,089. Oh, okay, well then, yeah, I'm going yeah. to Ichiro then. All right, so you have all of the 500 home runs, and you have the Yankees for 3,000. Yeah, the Yankees for the 3,000 hit club. Red Sox, I'm trying to think of other players just in general that hit 3,000 hits. Um, hmm. <sighs> Man, I feel stupid at this point now. <laughs> I've already well past time. I always write articles on the home run club and the hit club. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I should have thought about that. Um, let's see here. 2000 strikeout. I played for the Braves, the Red Sox, or the Yankees. I feel there's some things I really should know, but I just don't. Yeah. There, there's a couple layups in there. There's a couple ones you have to think about, but there, there's yeah. a couple I'm trying to think of like who the layups are. That's the other thing. Um, we may have to put like a time limit, like when we get to. Yeah, like, you are you're at uh just under three minutes now. You have two more minutes, so standard okay. John Boy rules. Five yeah, minutes. five five minutes. Yeah, All right, you're four out of nine. Let's see here. So you would have tic tac toe. I I do. I have, I shoot. Uh, I won tic tac toe. Yeah, the first row. Yeah. I started out strong, then immediately fell off the face of the planet. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of Braves pitchers that have. Oh, uh, 
Glavin. Uh, incorrect. Maddox. Correct. Okay. All right. Red Sox pitcher that had 3,000 strikeouts. Um, uh, Pedro? Correct. Okay. Then we have three. Uh, oh, I was I put those in the wrong category. Whoops. Uh, I write these down. Um, Minute 15 left. Three thousand. Uh, 3,000 hits now for Red Sox and for Braves for Red Sox. Johnny Damon? Did he get uh, no. No. Okay. Um, One minute left. Yeah. Hmm. Chipper Jones for Braves. Uh, no. How close did he get? Uh, 2,700. I was there for his 2,700 2, hit. Very nice. I think it was a walk-off. Yeah, honestly, I don't think I can. I don't know what either of these. I so 3,000 like hits for Braves, 3,000 hits for Red Sox, 3,000 strikeouts for a die Yankees. Oh, 3,000 strikeouts for the Yankees. I can think about that one, too. Um, try, like, Babe Ruth, technically, like, I don't think he got to 3,000. Nope. Oh, sorry, 20, I was sorry, Babe Ruth. Um, 2,800 hits. True. But. Um... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking hard here. Is he, is he cooked? Uh, I think I think I'm cooked. Yeah. All right. Well, that will be time. All right. Uh, so fun fact: uh, Babe Ruth would have been an applicable answer for all three of them for the 500 home run club. Oh yeah, that's fair. I guess yeah. Yeah, Boston Bees legend that, uh, Babe Ruth. So which is funny. Like, that was the I got that one for all. I got that entire category easy. Yeah. Uh, so who I would have filled in, um, I would have used Eddie Matthews for 500 home runs, uh, Hank Aaron for 3,000 hits for the Braves, 3,000 hits for the Red Sox, Carl Yastrzemski works, mm. um, uh, Orchard Speaker, um, Yankees, 3,000 strikeouts, CC Sabathia, Roger Clemens. Yeah, he had 3,000. Wow. Um, barely, but he got there. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go with roger clemens you can go with randy johnson you can go with oh randy i didn't even think about big unit oh, oh I yeah he was with the yankees at all oof yeah so. oh you're right yeah that's tough yeah, darn if mac wasn't gonna that? listen to these episodes we could try the boards on mac <laughs> that's fair yeah, yeah. Hey, to be fair these boards are really easy to make that's um, true we can make a whole bunch of them Honestly, right. that would be like a really fun thing to do is just have like a full 30 by 30 grid. Yeah, I did that. I made the uh in my Google Sheets. I have Oh right, a, I remember that. I remember yeah, doing that. Yeah. I tried to I did one that there were no repeats allowed. I think I got about halfway through and then I I it was like 4 a.m. So I decided to stop. Please, please the other stop. one I and that was with no baseball reference. The other one I could use baseball reference and I could use as many teams. So I was just going through like Edwin Jackson, how many teams does he work for? Octavio Dotel, how many teams does he work for? You know, just cycling through. I think I ended up finishing that, but that was not as satisfying as trying to do it from scratch. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, just for my own thing, I'm filling in the rest of the sheet just for my own posterity there. Absolutely. All righty. But that's that's it for the trivia. Congratulations, Splash. Even with Mac here, uh, with Mac not here, you still win. Uh, <laughs> that's fair that was fun though that was that was honestly a good time and i i i may not have done amazing but i, I did i think i did all right absolutely um, good I job definitely, 
I definitely would have made uh, the people at Job Boy uh, very sad. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right, we're now at the final segment of the show. As we like to end every one of our shows with the moments to ourselves, where we just take a minute to say whatever is on our minds. It does not have to be baseball really related. Absolutely can be if you wanted to, but mm-hmm. it's just a moment to say whatever you want to say. Splash, right. would you like to go first? Or would you like? Yes, to go first? I've actually been thinking about this most of the day. Oh, I'm very glad about that. Yes. Alrighty, so I will get my stopwatch ready to go, and your time begins in three, two, one. Errors are stupid. Uh, so tune in to game one of the doubleheader today between the Braves and the Mets. Bottom of the first, Brandon Nimmo leads off with an, a triple to right field. The issue here is that Ronald Acuna fundamentally misplayed the ball. And I thought it should be an error, but he didn't really make an effort to try to catch the ball. So it doesn't count as an error. And this is an issue with errors and how they're counted because it's a very subjective thing. So you can look at Acuna's game today and you'll see no errors and that's not out of the norm. Um, And then you can look at other games that he might have an error and it's a throw that's perfectly fine, but they assign the error to him instead of Riley or Olsen or Murphy, who's receiving the throw. So you have this weird conundrum that it's so subjective that it's wrong. And uh, baseball is weird and errors are just a fundamentally flawed stat. That's fair. Yeah, and I can can definitely work with you on that one do i fully agree not 100 i think that errors matter but that's also just because i'm probably i i very much like some of the older stats so i'll go on to mine now <clears throat> starting my time in three two one i'm really starting to like hockey hockey is really fun especially with uh but for those of you more likely not gonna be able to see this uh, i'm currently wearing my kraken jersey i'm a seattle seattle guy and Last night's game, again, time recording this, so technically in April, uh, that game against the Colorado Avalanche was so exciting to watch. So exciting to see. It was a close game, 2-1. to Philip Grubauer had one of the greatest goalie performances I have seen. He was a madman. They, The Avalanche almost doubled the Kraken in the amount of shots on goal. And yet he was picking them out of the air. Like he, like his name was Richard Sherman. Like it was beautiful watching him play. And no one gave the crack at any level of a shot. And yet they beat the defending Stanley cup champions. And now we're going to be playing it against the Dallas stars next weekend. And all next week. And all I can say is that's cracking hockey, baby. Whoo. And I wish my red wings were good. Man, you you just got you just got to be only be uh, in your second year, and you'll get you guys will be great up here. That's how it is with yeah. I mean, hey, that's how uh, that's actually my theory with the Yankees. That when they moved into the original Yankee Stadium, they won a World Series. When they moved into the second Yankee Stadium, they went to the World Series. And when they moved into the third Yankee Stadium, they won the World Series. Also true with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, if you are a Cleveland franchise. And you move, you are guaranteed to win a championship. The Rams won within a few years of moving from Cleveland. The Ravens won within a few years from moving from or within a few years of moving from Cleveland. So uh there you go. Fair enough. All right. But that's gonna do it for us today. Splash, I want to say thank you as well for coming. This is a very special two-man show, and I think it worked out quite nice. Yeah, we had to record on StreamYard because yeah. Mac we usually record through Mac's Zoom. 
Um, so hi, StreamYard. Hope you're doing well. Th- thank you, StreamYard. I love your duck logo. Um, but uh, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter at LAR underscore baseball. You can go follow me on Twitter at SportsGuy242 and go follow Splash on Twitter at Mrs. Splashman19. And also go follow Mac. Go follow Mac on Twitter at Matthias underscore A underscore K. And especially go follow us, our main account on Twitter. We've been posting a lot of graphics, a lot of fun stuff. Splash has been absolutely killing it in the social media game. We've just recently got over 2 million impressions on Twitter. And that is a huge, huge thing for us. And I'm just so thankful that we can keep growing on from this podcast. But for all of us, here at Losses Above Replacements. Have a great rest of your night. Stay safe, and I hope to see you all real soon. Thank you.